nieces, nephews, and non-binary familials. I'm your Auntie Ruth. And I'm your Auntie Gina. And, and we're weird. You're weird. And this show. We didn't. I, I don't know why you always think we nailed that part. <laughs> 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 Unless you're go, I always think, oh, she's going for an echo. <laughs> the show where we take a look at current pop culture and talk about how it connects to past trends and fads. Yeah. I just want to yeah. mention that, um, Uh-oh. Gina, we've been doing this podcast for a year now. That's right. And some <sighs> some people care about that. Yeah. Some people listen to us and they like it. I mean, yeah. Is it a lot of people? No. No. But but it's enough. Yeah. It's it's more than just you and I. Usually. So. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate people it. That, people that actually like us, or maybe they yeah. don't. Maybe they like hate listen. That's okay. That still gives us. Our- That's okay. You've just described every family situation I've been in for <laughs> at least 20 years. Yeah. Just hate listening to everyone. <laughs> oh, really? Tell me about your promotion. <laughs> well, it's been a year for us. And I just want to say happy anniversary. <gasps> oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Happy anniversary. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so this will be we're gonna yeah, this will be you know start of a new year. Yeah, that's the trend. New New Year poo year. You don't like that. You want to work on that a little bit. New year. <laughs> new year, new life. New Year screw year. Yeah, I like that one better. New Year screw year. Okay. Um. So we decided to watch Last Night in Soho. That's right. And um it's you can also watch it. It is streaming if you don't want to get the Omerion variant. Omerion um, <laughs> <laughs> If you don't want an ice box where your heart used to be. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, uh, yeah. If you don't want to get touched by another variant, <laughs> then, then you can watch it at home on Amazon. Yeah, and you can pay $20, which the sticker price was a shocking, shocking. And I was like, you know what? I was like, Ruthie, I look, I, I've got me a good job now. <laughs> I've got benefits. This one's on me. The She's like, I already bought it. She was like, I already bought I it. I bought it like, like, like that. No hesitation. Yeah. Because I think you're like the price of a ticket. <sighs> that, That's actually yeah. cheaper than the price of a ticket. Yeah, it was a business expense and you're going to put it on your taxes. <laughs> but we that but see that's how much we earn from our podcast is that you're going to take that $1 we earn from that <laughs> <gasps> but okay, so last night in Soho. Yeah. Do you have a description? Mm, I do. Um Okay. And now this isn't just something you're making up. But, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but rather it's, no. 
This is a real deal. This is what INDB says. Okay, okay. okay. Um, and it's, oh. An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s, where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be, and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something dark. Get ready. So, as always, guys, um, unless, unless, like, a reveal would be... You know, we don't, like, spoil, like, spoil spoilers. Yeah. You know, if it's like, oh, this is, you just have to see it for yourself. Like, with Lamb, we held back. Mm -hmm. But with this one, guys, it is, we are spoiling it. Like, there's There's no way not to. We're just talking about it. There's no way not to. So, go watch Um, the movie. Pay. I I think this is worth the money it costs to, to rent it. Um, Seriously, let Edgar Wright and his investors uh, put a swimming pool in the back of their... I mean, uh, just... I know, I love him too. I love him so much. Everything. Yeah. So, yeah, the Edgar Wright is the director. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we are going to spoil a lot. Because it's it's hard Sorry not to... That. This movie is like um, a dream. And I don't mean like, oh, beautiful. I mean, it is. But I mean like a literal... <laughs> crazy nightmare dream right so if if you want to please go watch this movie and then come back and listen to us that would be amazing right and also there's it deals a lot with trauma trauma mental illness and and sexual trauma and if that's like just something you don't want to listen to right now don't then yeah, you can listen to some of our vampire movie <laughs> episodes or anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a year. Bit. Start over. Yeah, yeah. Go back to the beginning. We've like we even talked about Bridgerton. So we did. Um, look, I try. I tried to get Ruth. I tried to get Ruth to watch The Witcher with me, but <laughs> oh she was no. not having it. Oh no. Let it be known. I'm sorry. She said maybe if it was, in fact, Glenn Danzig in the the lead, maybe she could have been convinced. No, 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 no. If Danzig Danzig played Witcher, I would have watched it. Right, yeah. If it had been done, like, early 90s with Danzig. Yes. With Danzig directing it. So, yeah, (laughs) that would have been a better. Dream. (laughs) Fantasies for later. (laughs) <laughs> and if you want to find out with me, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what this show is about. <laughs> I can show you. Anyway. Oh, Cavill. Cavill. Yeah. Um, I I think he's not hideous as a, a person. I don't find him ugly. Um, He's pretty normie. But when they put that blonde <laughs> wig on him, can we just talk about mm-hmm. bad wigs? Look, you don't want to talk about The Witcher, okay? Why am I so talking about, talk this? about the I don't know. I just saw the bad wig. You said you you said you don't want to talk about The Witcher, so I we're not going to talk about it. But we are going to talk about Last Night in Soho. So, right. Ho. I can talk about Goth Superman all you want if anybody wants to hear about it. But so we're talking about Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Edgar Wright directed has um I mean 
they brought out the big guns as far as casting is concerned. Yes, they did. So they have Thomason and McKenzie, mm-hmm. who was in um, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> okay. So it, it starred. Okay. It has a stellar cast, the star, mm-hmm. the lead, Thomason, McKenzie, who was in Jojo Rabbit, mm-hmm. and a couple of other things. But then we have Anya Taylor Joy. Hello. What's she not in? I want her in everything. Point. She's fantastic. Uh, beautiful. Um. Oh, Diana Rigg. I think this I, this might have been her last role. Yeah. Oh, but what a role to go on. It was fantastic. She was so good in this. I mean, gorgeous. Yeah. Anyways, but like so charismatic. Yeah. yeah. She was just playing and, herself. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah, Matt Smith. Can I talk about Matt Smith? I don't want to be rude. Oh, great. Okay. okay. Don't get upset with me because this might get a, a little rude. Um, the f- he has no eyebrows, and I don't like that on him. For him? For him. Yeah, I don't I don't like the Do you look. think this is Matt? I don't know if he's ever, if he's had them before. He needs to get little wigs for his eyebrow eyebrows. Microblading. Yeah, I, it's. I think if I don't know that I've never seen him with eyebrows, but I feel like maybe it would help some of the other shapes on his face to make it look more normal. He's got a lot of face on his face. Yeah, he's got a lot of face, and he's got a lot of shapes on his face. Yeah, it's a busy fa- like it, he looks. Um... He looks like his statue in a wax museum got a little warm. Yes. That is a very good description. But he does have the, he has an immaculate pompadour indoor quiff. Yes. In the movie. Does look great. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk, we'll talk about, um, the basic Terrence plot Stamp? of the movie. Oh, oh my God! How could I gloss over it? Terrence Stamp, looking not Just glamorous. Me. You know what though? Like his presence, I knew. I was like, well, we have to get into the movie a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. more, but you know, because he was like sort of a mysterious figure throughout the film, mm-hmm. and she had him pegged as villainous, and I was like, no. He's too, he's too sexy. <laughs> he's, too, he's too sexy. That's not, you know. I know. Mm-mm, you're wrong. Um, not Zod. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, we, the lead, Eloise, or Ellie, mm-hmm. <coughs> who has, is from Cornwall, or wherever Samwise Red is Ruth. from in Lord of the Rings. Red Ruth. She lives in Red Ruth. Oh, is that what it's from? Okay. I had to write that down because I'm like, Red Ruth. Okay. But, um, yeah. So, again, but I I guess wherever the Shire is, mm-hmm. it's the same accent that Samwise has. Yeah. But I guess West, West Country, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's got to be from. Uh, yep. I was right. Because, yeah, 
it's West Country because you know they say like with pirates how they say R and all that stuff. It was like only because people say they they say the R sounds. Yeah. On the West Coast yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. they have that rhotic R and so you know they're like, no, pirates don't talk like that. People just people from that part of the country have that accent. It's not just pirates. I love anyway. Her anyway, so the thing is is that it's funny because I read some of the reviews of this movie, like, right before, while I was waiting for you to um, get set up, actually. So it was, like, very last minute. <laughs> but um, it's funny how, like, a, how different people can see the same movie and have a very different takeaway. But, um, like, to me, it's a very... That sort of... It's like a coming-of-age story, but it's different in the fact that how vulnerable it feels as a young woman when you're coming from a small town and you're trying to go to the big city because you think you, you know, either you have talent or something you're trying to make your own way and you know that it can be dangerous, Mm -hmm. you know, and that people are taking advantage of your vulnerability. And, you know, I've been in that position Mm -hmm. (laughs) where I just, I was like, I knew that it was like a treacherous, like a dangerous place. And not only that, but, you know, she had lost her mother. And I've been in that position, too, because, you know, once you no longer have somebody who, you know, acts as, like, sort of your protector, if if your mother was that figure for you. Right. And you don't have somebody to, like, sort of model your decisions after, you feel very much like you're thrown to the wolves. But she did have her grandmother, who was really yeah. sweet and, you know, tried really hard. But... Oh, for sure. But Eloise is, like, stuck in the 60s. She loves the 1960s. And I think a lot of that, her grandma even alluded to it. She's like, well, I got you hooked on all this stuff. Um, She has a record player. She only listens to, like, music, like, from the 1960s. Her whole vibe is very mod. Um, Yeah. You know, well, not on herself, but. um, That's her aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's yeah, more she listens than to like Scylla Black and Petula yeah. Clark and But yeah, she that's like the sort of daydream. But I mean, we kind of did the same thing too as we were growing up. Like we were both obsessed with I was like, well, I mean, I'm speaking for you, but I was obsessed with glam rock. Yeah. And you know, when I had the chance, I went to I went to London too like as a student and then on a work visa, but you know, did the same pilgrimage that, that I mean, Eloise did. Yeah. I went to Carnaby Street because David Bowie and Mark Bolin used to go shopping yes. there, and that's where he got his yellow shoes where he met Andy Warhol. When he met Andy Warhol. You remember that story? Yeah, like, those were the times. Those were, like, so much happening. and uh, Yeah, so I think... A lot of people can relate to that where you have this sort of dream world of a, of another time or another era that you romanticize. Yeah, definitely. Mine would also so, be the, well, I think mine would also be like London in the mid-60s. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that. Let's see, I would go, again, it would be early 70s because, I mean, you had T-Rex, Bowie, Slade. I would get there eventually if I lived through the 60s. Oh, okay. You know, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. 
to to time travel. I I just keep living. Yeah, just keep living, man. Just keep living. JK living. <laughs> um so yeah, she goes to fashion school where she's sort of greeted by like Ugh, her roommate. Yeah, he's kind of evil. Jacosta. Jacosta. <laughs> it's gonna cost you to be my roommate. Ugh. Right. So she makes like she makes it really uncomfortable for her to be a roommate, so therefore she gets a bed sit, which is like renting a room in a house. Which I I did that at one point too. Like, there was this guy that had, like, a three-level house, and I just rented one room of the house Mm -hmm. and, like, used the shared bathroom, but... Yeah, that happens a lot here, too. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. Yeah, it doesn't happen so much in Texas, yeah. You just wouldn't go in somebody's house. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of creepy, but... Yeah, it makes more sense, like, if you have, like, a... Well, yeah, and if you have, like like, a leveled house like that, I guess it makes more sense. Like, ours, you know, yeah, yeah. they're all, like, flat sort of ranch houses, just to, like, I don't know. No, we have those but, beautiful um, craftsman homes that are, like, you know, two, three levels. Yeah, that, see, that makes more sense. It feels sort of, like, more like an apartment, as opposed to mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. feeling like you're breaking and entering into somebody's house, but... <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? He's sleeping. Like you could, you could go. Like, I could go attic. days without seeing anybody else in that house. You know, like when I was there. You know, you wouldn't even know anybody else was there, like on that like three level house, as opposed to like if you lived in a single family home and just lived in a room. Like that's just not the case. That's creepy. But, yeah. Right. But that's not that's not the point of this movie. So this young girl. What we also learn about her is that. She is sensitive to both vibes and spirits, uh-huh. the spirit realm. Yes. And it is unfortunate for her that this bedsit is sitting on a lot of bad vibes <laughs> and, <laughs> and spirits. Spirits um, Boulevard. Yeah. So, um. Boulevard of broken dreams, that's for sure. <laughs> So, when she's at home, though, before she leaves for school, um, her grandma asks, is she seeing her mother in the mirror again? Because she does, and she is, but she realizes that she's not. But, like, she'll look in her full-length mirror, and then her mom is standing behind her. And her mom, um, she died by suicide. Yeah. Um, So... She, I think she said she was seven when her uh, mom when her died. mother passed. Yeah, yeah. and um, so she, you know, she had like all this time to live with her grandmother and experience all this stuff, and so it was kind of like pretty much her whole life was raised like this. And you know, she shows up in London, and like you said, she got the place with Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg owns oh, man. the home. Right. And, you know, Ellie is kind of a square. Right. Um, and, you know, she's not used to London life. And um, Diana Rigg, it's, her name is Ms. Collins in this. 
And um, so she just wants, like, somebody that's quiet, that's going to stay home, bring no boys in, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, at the time, Ellie's like, oh, yeah, not a problem. You know? Like, I'm yeah. I'm really boring, whatever. And so Ms. Collins is like, okay, then I think we're going to work out perfect. So she ends up living in this really cute room in this really cute old house. And you'd think it's going to be kind of like that relationship that, like, Sherlock and his landlady have. Like, that elderly, sweet landlady. You're thinking this is the... And she asked for a huge deposit up front, saying that people have a tendency to get up and leave in the middle of the night. Leave in the night. (laughs) Which, I mean, really should have clued you in. But, um... So right away, um, Eloise, played by Thomas in the lead, mm-hmm. she starts fashion school and um, she starts having these very realistic sort of, how would you describe it? I don't even know. They're dreams. Yeah. They're dreams, but yet they have this sort of imprint on her life because as well. She's she's in bed. Right. When they happen, going to sleep. So she is they make it look like she's dreaming it. And then she wakes up in a panic after, you know, she's experienced it. But I think it's like she's like living in her dreams. It's not just a dream. Right, because, like, if she were to get bruised in the dream, she would wake up with the bruise. So it's, like, it's more immersive than a regular dream would be. Right. And then these elements of the dream, these, like, sort of ghost or scary images that she would see in the dream would appear in real life as well. So, you know, that, that started to be the horror element, so... In the dream... Oh, go ahead. So when she goes into her dream, she has, like, a mirror self almost. Um, But that's, like, the first dream she has is her mirror self is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and her name is Sandy. And she starts kind of, like, living this other life through Sandy. When she looks in the mirror or window... Sandy, yeah. Sandy's acting out what shadow Eloise person is, like, also living through. Right. Which I feel like there's got to be some sort of, like, Jungian psych- psychiatric parallel between this, like, mm-hmm. mirror self, shadow self, but, like, shadow self. But I did not look it up, and I don't know what it is. So, oh no, I was hoping you would. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not look it up. Okay, but I know I was like, yeah, I know that there has to be an element of that at play because there, the I mean, the reason that it connected with her is because like she is living this experience with Sandy of again, this young girl has come to London with this with her talent with in Sandy's case, she can sing, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, she's in a very vulnerable position and, you know, like, you know, every young girl is warned to, you know, you've got to be careful. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, 
it's like this sort of parallel journey where in this dream life, um, Eloise sees the journey that Sandy went on when she first came to the city mm-hmm. and sort of watch the evolution of that, that dream. <sighs> dream within a dream. It was rough. So yeah, Sandy, she shows up at this like really popular like nightclub and it's not like just some place where beginners start performing there. It's like really major. Yeah. And she's just going in there like, I own the place. I'm going to be the next star. And I can't remember who it was, but he's like, you don't, was it Jack? He's like, you don't start at this club as a singer. You have to earn your way up. Yeah. Yeah. You start as a coat check girl. And unfortunately, you know, um, he doesn't really explain that very well to her. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. I, he takes her on Jack, this like very. Matt Smith. Yeah, Matt Smith. Like, he's, like, again, he sort of seduces her and takes her on what she believes to be an audition. Mm-hmm. And she gets this job at another club, but it turns into a situation where he's very much her pimp. Yes. And I think, like, I mean, this still goes on quite a bit. There's, like, Young girls, this is still happening where young girls are seduced by men mm-hmm. and they're in all this to say there were a lot of young women where their parents were looking for them and they ended up in places, bad places, because they thought they were meeting a boyfriend and it wasn't a boyfriend. It was a pimp mm-hmm. and they had to be like recovered and it was common, you know, mm-hmm. so like to believe that that was like naive or just like, you know, just a space and time. And that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it's like, oh no. No, it's still happening. But, um, but for Eloise to see this, you know, she's just like horrified by it. Mm-hmm. And she sees like her having to entertain these men and the, effects that it takes on her and she's really haunted but she by says it. like um sandy like throughout keeps saying she doesn't want to do this you know she doesn't want to do she doesn't want to be there she doesn't want to do it right but i mean she feels like i feel like she feels really bullied into doing it because he uh john or sorry jack rather um it's it's almost like he gives her an ultimatum or, you know, like these rules. Well, he threatens her with violence. Yes. You know. That's... But that has a lot to do with it, I think. <laughs> Probably. I mean, because I read one review where somebody was like, that character Matt Smith played, you know, he wasn't really fleshed out. And, you know, you couldn't understand why she was so afraid of him or why she felt trapped. And I was like, I don't know, like, people threatening me with, with a knife, like, I, like, that would, I would feel threatened by that. Yeah. like. I think the feeling of her, like, you know, when they showed her trying to escape the club and, like, every door being closed. Oh, yeah. And and then she would look into rooms and then people were, you know, the girls were shooting up heroin. It was like she saw, like, that was, like, a way of communicating that she saw there was no way out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, 
And not everybody has the resources or has a home to go back to, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't... Yeah, the threat, the looming threat of violence if she left and not really anywhere to go, or the the money or the resources, especially if you have a pimp that's keeping your money. Yeah. <sighs> so... But this dream world that starts out very glamorous before all this other thing you know these other things come into play it really affects Eloise in like a really creative way she you know she's in class in design school and she um is drawing the same dress that Sandy was wearing when she first uh I don't know introduced her (laughs) when she first experienced Sandy uh, right. She was wearing this really cute mod 60s pink dress. And so she was inspired to design something, but it was exactly the same dress. And, right. um, you know, her teacher even tells her, like, wow, this is great. While her, like, roommate's making fun of her style, like, it's not cool or something. Um, right. Her teacher is being really gentle with her and telling her, no, you're doing really great. Um, you know, and it kind of helps her through her anxiety. Well, and we had talked about this, like, sort of privately before it started, but, you know, we had talked about she was sort of at the age where we kind of both were when, like, our mental illnesses, like, we really came into it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you really don't know what's happening as they develop. Like, you... you don't recognize it as a mental illness. You don't know that other people are experiencing it. Mm-hmm. You don't know like that. It's something that can be treated, you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I felt like this movie felt like what it feels like to be in the middle of that chaos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Of not knowing that you're in it or what right. it is that you're in all of a sudden. Right. And feeling completely out of control and just being haunted by, like, intrusive thoughts Mm -hmm. and also being just totally terrified and looking around and nobody else is terrified. So you're like, am I the only one experiencing this? Yeah. You know, like, am I not having a rational reaction right now? And so, you know, that... That is, like, part of that journey of, again, you know, you're a young woman in the world, you're trying to make it, then you have this, like, bombshell of you're also trying to navigate. Because the grandmother said, you know, your mother had the same problem, like, don't try to be a hero here, Mm -hmm. you know, please reach out if you need help. And she was just really reluctant to do so, but I think, like, by the end of it, she, you know, was able to... That was, like, her saving grace was that she was, like, yeah, I think I'm a little in over my head and I need a little support, but... Yeah, yeah. But, like, at some points it was hard to tell in this movie what was real and what was, you know, you know, like you were saying, she thought it was all in her head and it was all in her head um, because nobody else saw what she was seeing. But then that also felt really dreamy to me. Like, she was in that dream world it was like all mixed together and right it was like well is she i mean because the the thing she's dreaming and experiencing actually happened to somebody like sandy is a real person right. 
And so it's just weird that she, once she, you know, she rented that room out, it was pretty clear that other people had experienced what was going to happen to her also. And they ran in the night. They left in the night because they couldn't handle whatever it was. And, um, so sometimes it, it was hard to like, for me anyways, to like latch onto, you know, maybe what was actually happening to her and then what was like this weird dream realm. And then on top of that, like what, you know, and then you finally get to that point where you're like, Oh, you know, she's experiencing something that truly happened, but I mean, not exactly. It's how her and she's interpreting what happened. The other thing too, is that I think this is like why it's so important to reach out. And she also had, we talked about this, I think in the last film that we talked about where, you know, I love the character in the movie that is like, you can go like they, she had this great friend group where she's like, yeah, I'm being chased by this sex demon. They're like, okay, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Like, yeah, let's build a trap. And she had this sort of like sweet, like love in- that ended up being kind of being a love interest where she was like, he's like, what is going on with you? She's like, I think I'm kind of being haunted by a ghost. He's oh, like, John. He okay. was so sweet. I can't believe I haven't <laughs> brought him up yet. Because they, they were in classes together, and he was just so sweet. Like, he recognized, like, something was amiss, but, like, that didn't scare him or put him off at all. Like, mm-hmm. he he was just like, she was like, I'm being haunted by a ghost. He was like, okay, what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> are, we, are we ghost busting? Like, yeah, let's, what do I need to do to make you feel better? Like, what, what do you need from me? Like, and that's the thing, you know, in those situations, like, (laughs) it's going to sound so stupid, but, you know, because I was going to say that, you know, because I, I also have like a physical illness and a lot of the times they, they treat you with drugs and they have really crazy side effects. And sometimes you don't know what they're going to be. Mm And, um, one of them, um, I've hallucinated plenty of times, um, but one of them caused delusions. I had never had delusions before and delusions, like you believe. And I had this (laughs) delusion that I thought there were literally hundreds of rats in every pillow in the house and I couldn't go to sleep and it didn't matter if I told anybody body because like I wouldn't have believed that they wouldn't that they weren't there and then I like looked up the medication the next day and I was like um is there anything that would make you believe that there's hundreds of rats in the <laughs> <laughs> and you googled like, that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I was like I was looking up I was like trying to see like what the culprits were like out of the newer medications yeah. and like somebody was like that motherfucking demon tried to sell me car insurance I was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have that than the rats and the pillowcases, but that's just Yeah, me. I know. But I was like, you know, because, like, if you're hallucinating, you can be like, I know for sure that a nine-foot man in a cape looking a lollipop has not lived there <laughs> How do you before. Know? You don't know that. I know. I do know because I've been in that closet several times. Maybe. And I would have seen the evidence of that lollipop wrapper mm. or something. <laughs> yeah, you're probably but right. I could tell that. I was like, that was really tall. I know my, like, he would be having to like honestly like crouch down and like he can't be living in that closet it's too small 
And why is he wearing a hood? It's like 85 degrees in the winter here. It's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I could see where, you know, if you're having delusions and you just, you don't even know that, you know. What's real and what's not either. But in her case, you know, I mean, it's hard to know because if you're, because she she was seeing things that were, you know, historically accurate. Yeah. See, it seems like psychosis or something, but it's reality, isn't it? But, I mean, if you were to get, that's the thing, if you, like, had the curse of really being able to, like, see ghosts, you know, who can you possibly go to to, But the ghosts, you know, I mean, the ghosts were real people that had died. Mm-hmm. And she was seeing them. Yeah, I know, but they weren't, like, holding up their ID. You know what I mean? It, they weren't, like, helping her. No. Like, identify them as real people. That's true. That's what I'm saying. But she found out later. Right, but yeah. that wasn't helping her, no. like, through the two hours that we were watching her being no. chased by <laughs> faceless ghost men. So... I don't know. Maybe we can talk about it without spoiling the end. We don't necessarily have to reveal how it ends up, do we? No, I guess we can leave it. But so the point is, is that there is a resolution that we come to. Yeah. And it come, come to find out that she was, in fact, even though she wasn't handling it well, she was, in fact, seeing things that that had happened yeah. were real. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she just really needed to get out of that haunted ass house. That's what it boils down to. She should have ran yeah. away in the fucking night, even though she paid two months of rent and a deposit yeah. up fucking front. She still should have, sh- I mean, she still should have ran away in the night. Yeah. There's, I mean, if something is haunted, really, I mean, just borrow some money from somebody or go back to your grandma. Grandma is happy to have you. You can go back to fashion school next year. She's really cute. You know, that's what I mean. It's like, sorry, I rented out a haunted house. My bad. Yeah. Maybe next year we'll have better luck. And I'll make sure, you know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll really make sure I'll do some research and make sure that I'm not on the site of a of a terrible crime before yeah i ran it out that nobody really knows about right well if they don't know about it then you don't know about it either but maybe just like be like hey can i spend some time in here to see if any ghosts talk to me for a second <sighs> it's rough but you know i did there were like um I mean, stylistically, I thought it was a beautiful film. I mean, it's like a... I felt like it felt like a psychological thriller from, like... That's that's something, like, Kim Basinger would be in. Do you know what I mean? If it was set in the 90s instead of the 60s. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Like, very bad. It was, like, very... um, Yeah, I liked it. I felt it was... It felt very much like an homage. It was very stylistic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, everything! It was everything. Done. I didn't live in the '60s, but I've seen pictures, and everything <laughs> was just perfect. It was everything 
Like, her bedroom, you would think she lived in the 60s. Everything fit. Right. There is nothing modern. I mean, honestly, you're, that's kind of like what your house looks like to a degree. Like, I know your kitchen does anyway. <laughs> yeah, I do. Like I said, I, yeah. you know, I love that 60s mod. I've always, yeah. I always have. And, um. But, um, oh, we have the most important part. So, obvious, obviously, this this already has an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. But we like to make, um, we like to make a playlist for you guys. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously from the perspective of your weird hands. Yeah. So you can listen to it at the core on your way to school. But, um, so I am curious to see... What mine are. So I yeah. I want to preface this, and I kind of want to no. put it on the playlist, but um, the soundtrack, you know, they played original 60s songs, of course, you know, but they were playing songs that I didn't know were covers. And oh, yeah, like um, the I've Got My Mind Set on You. Yeah, I, was thought, I heard that too. I thought that was a George Harrison song because he sings it and it was like a huge hit yeah. for him. And then I'm like listening to this old version of it and I'm like, Wait a minute. Yeah. That's not <laughs> that's not one of my picks, but I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, really good soundtrack. Really fun. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. So after I watched this movie, because it's called Last Night in Soho, I got one night in Bangkok stuck in my no. head. No, you didn't. No, that's unacceptable. Can I block it? Can I block this? Why? Because that the same thing happened to me. I got the same song stuck in my you head. Did? And that's so you're good. Yes, because I'm gonna listen to this sound. I'm gonna listen to this playlist, and it's gonna infect my Spotify playlist. <laughs> just, that song. It won't. Just skip it. Oh, I can't. I can't. Because it's so oh, good. Because no. okay. it's so good. No, no. I, I love know, the I part know. where he's like, "It's from the musical Chess," correct? Yes. Oh, you're so dorky. <laughs> I'm gonna die. So, um. My favorite line in the song. No, no, <laughs> no, no, Frank Stallone. Plug your ears. Oh, God. My favorite line. It's like the weirdest. Uh, he says, you'll find a God in every golden cloister. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? And then he rhymes out with oyster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's the sa- it's the same songwriters from ABBA, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was like I, I thought want it was that. Uh, B- I thought it was at least Bjorn. That makes I sense. Bjorn's hand was in it. Bjorn, yeah, yeah he's crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other song I picked. He he rhymes cloister with oyster. Um. Okay, so the second song I chose is Sunglasses. No, that's this is your first one because you're not putting that one on there. Sunglasses at night because... Um, what is wrong with you? So she can, what is wrong so with she you? Can, Why are you ruining this? So, so she can keep this? track of visions in her mind. <laughs> no. I feel like you are trolling me right now. I'm not. These are the songs <laughs> that came I got One Night in Bangkok in my head. Once I turned the movie off, oh, it was no. like, last night in Soho makes same girl no. crazy. I mean, the same thing happened to me, but I didn't, it wasn't a positive experience. Like, ugh. Anyway, go ahead. 
Sunglasses at night? That was it. Those are my two. No, you have you have some other stinkers on there. I know you do. <laughs> I don't, but, like, I didn't put a hell of a lot of time into this. Um, these are just things that happened to the me. The worst things that have ever <laughs> happened to me. I will pick better songs for the playlist. Don't say these things to me. Although, okay, this one was a little self-indulgent on my part, but they did play the song in the movie, and I unironically love the 80s version of Eloise by The Damned. Oh. Love it. That probably Love should it. have been obvious. No, should One be. Night in Bangkok is obvious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I was going to do Don't Make Me Over, Dionne Warwick. See, they, they had... Um... Walk on by. Walk on by, but it wasn't by Dionne Warwick. I think somebody, I think more than one person did it, now that you say that. Yeah, but she made it good. I mean, <laughs> whoops. I mean, she made it popular. Um, And then, oh, oh, I was going to do um, Susie Sue's cover of Dear Prudence. <gasps> I love that song. Oh, that was like my favorite <laughs> song when I was nine. <laughs> But then you grew up and you learned to really appreciate music like One Night in Makeup. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked that song when I was seven. No, because they did. They played. Which one did they play in the movie? Oh, Happy House? Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Uh-huh. It would be good to do the 60s cover. Yeah, definitely. I love that song. I'm sure you could find much better songs for this one than I could. Apparently, I did. <laughs> I did. Maybe you should do this playlist. Proof is in the pudding. No, not good. Uh uh-uh. uh. Well, okay. anyway, on that note, yeah. Ugh, disgust. <laughs> Can't believe you've put <laughs> sunglasses at night. Frank Stallone. That wasn't this episode. It doesn't matter. I'm keeping track. <laughs> anyway, on that note. But yeah, I think I think honestly it's uh it's worth watching, obviously. If you're an Edgar Wright fan, you're probably gonna watch it anyway and you're not gonna I don't think you'll be disappointed. Oh, it's it's every movie he puts out is so much different than the last one that he did. Yeah. So it's it's hard to put him in a, a category of um you know, stylistically. But he always yeah. has good music. Always has good music. He always has good music, but, I mean, he always has, like, um... But you can tell, that's the thing. I mean, but you can also tell... If somebody were to see this, and you're like, you'll never guess who directed it, they'll be like... They won't be shocked to find they'll out. They'll be shocked. They'll never guess, but they won't be shocked. Right, right. Like, especially visually. Yeah. I think it is, I, like, I... I do appreciate his, like, entree into psychological horror. Yeah. This is a good one. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, with that, we want to thank everyone for listening to the show. Please send in your recommendations of movies, music, and TV shows, whatever. Uh, we'll cover it. I mean, apparently, Ruth will listen to damn near anything. <sighs> 
You can find <laughs> You can find us. I mean, I seriously, you wouldn't let me put this townie big enough for the both of us. Because it was obvious. And yet, you're going to put <laughs> one night in Bangkok? I, no, no, because no. Because there's a, there's no. a shared word? <laughs> no, that's different because... Mm-mm. No. You're not winning this one. <laughs> this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Is now your song to me. Yeah. And it, it ain't me who's gonna leave. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Weird Aunties, Instagram at Your Weird Ants, Facebook at Your Weird Ants, or you can email us at yourweirdance at gmail.com. Listen to Spotify playlist at Your Weird Ants, Ants playlist. playlist. You can listen to the podcast. If you're listening, if you've heard this, you've ar- you're already listening to the podcast. Yeah. So you found it. Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) So join us next time when we cover something else. There's a few I want to cover, and a lot of them are newer movies. No, you want to watch them too. They're all right. I don't fuck up. They're forty-five dollars to rent. (laughs) (laughs) Worth every penny. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. So it's like uh, New Year, new movies. New Year, New New Year, New Year, Screw Year. Alright, okay, well, it's good to see you, buddy. You too, and, um, I'm your Auntie Ruth. And I'm your Auntie Gina. And- <laughs>